Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello, thanks for joining us once again. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom, and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. If you're in business, are an entrepreneur, leader or manager, then you know there are vast differences between the generations at work. Perhaps you struggle to understand those that are different to you. Well, you're in for a treat with today's show. Today, we're privileged to be speaking with the go-to guy for working with millennials and the founder and chief playologist at Playology, Kai Dickens. Welcome, Kai. Thank you for having me, Shirley. (laughs) <laughs> and and so even though, listeners, this is a radio show, today I actually have Kai in the studio with me. So it's a little bit different for me uh, doing it than what I normally do. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I've just got a bit of a frog in the throat. Kai, I always start with the bio for people. So I'll just give people a little bit of your background. As the founder of Playology, not only are you the chief playologist, and we'll get you to tell us more about that later, you're also an experienced executive leadership coach and team building consultant. After receiving one of the biggest wake-up calls of your life when you got the call that your father had passed away at the age of 55, you walked away from a great job with amazing benefits, a nice paycheck to step into your life. Ultimately, what had once been your dream job as the director of a very large summer camp, you are now passionateless, burnt out and over it from the long days, 70 plus hour weeks, month after month. And I know many of our listeners can relate to that. For the next year and a half, you played and connected with friends, living and loving life again. And it was during this time that you noticed the more you played and included others, the happier everyone around you became. Wanting more of that in your life, you created Playology for the sole purpose of bringing adults back to play and happiness back to corporate culture. It's a big mission. (laughs) You have over 15 years of experience in leadership development and you bring a tremendous amount of knowledge in the areas of leadership presence and effectiveness, team building, millennial management, employee engagement and organisational culture. As the go-to millennial expert, you are passionate about bridging the communication and cultural gap between executives, directors, owners, and millennials. Using play as the vehicle for change, you have created a unique way of improving understanding, trust, and communication between the generations and teams. So let's start with what it was like directing the summer camp. Oh, summer camp. Summer camp was... Amazing. I ran, um, I was part of one of the largest ones here in San Diego, and then um, I ended up running the third largest. Uh, we had about 8,000 to 9,000 kids come through in a summer. So we were averaging about, about how many? Eight to 9,000 kids come through every summer. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somewhere around 150 to 200 staff. Um, amazing field trips that they got to go on. Like, you know, we had a camp, adventure camp. They would go on a field trip every day. Like, Disneyland once, um, they'd go to the beach, they'd go play laser tag, they'd go on a hike. <laughs> just It was just amazing. Um, I love summer camp because it allowed myself, I'm pretty sure, and all my team to be a kid at heart, yes. like, all the time, and to be, like, praised for the play piece, yes. right? And how, how do you come to a job where they're like, oh, you're going to Disneyland today, and you're like, no, I don't want to be here, like... You don't like the color and like ah, it was it was amazing. Um, I absolutely loved it. It was definitely up there with with the dream jobs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I can remember when I was going to university, I had a part time job in the holidays for the school kids when they were on school vacation, and and I loved it. You know, we would play, we would run around, play duck duck goose, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. It absolutely. was really it was easy to go to work. It's it, right because like you're like wait, am I getting a paycheck for this like I used to tell my mom like hey I'm a professional player like not in like the bad sense I'm like no really like I get paid to play with kids and like hang out and make them have fun like yeah yeah but after a while that stopped didn't it as you rose to the top it did it did um there's a point where I became a program director and like obviously you expect the responsibility that comes with that but 
what I realized is that my coordinators, who you know, who were right below me, they were the ones that were having all the fun because they were in charge of the unit leaders. Like we've got, we had about 15 camps running each week, like on my side. So that was one unit leader for each camp and anywhere from two to six staff, depending on how big the camp was for each little pod. And I had four unit leader or coordinators in there. So they got, they separated and kind of like they were in control of their own little groups. Well, I was getting charge of everything else, including dealing with angry parents, disciplining the kids that came into the office, dealing with the budget, you know, all dealing the good with stuff. all the good stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, and I was always the first director in and the last one to leave. And after a certain point, just didn't really feel like I was being acknowledged or appreciated for the work that I put in. I mean, I remember there was one weekend where we had a three-day training. I put in about 70 two-ish hours over the course of those three days just to make sure that it was amazing and I remember uh, walking into walking into the office on that Monday hey how did you think it goes and my boss was well I can't believe you forgot the box of blue pens oh seriously like (laughs) you're mad about the box of blue and I had just completely changed how we'd done training and kind of slapped me in the face and I realized starting from you know about that point that I, I wasn't as happy you know, and the culture and the organization wasn't what it should have been yes. or what it could have been, even though from the outside it looked like it was amazing. We mentioned in the introduction there where, you know, unfortunately your dad passed yeah. away and that was a real big wake-up call for you then. So you'd been starting to have feelings that it wasn't, you weren't that engaged. Yeah. And then something happens and, and you say, right, that's it. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was... 55 um and I took a look at my life and I was just like wow like 55 like you don't expect you know um we weren't yeah I'm almost there right right. (laughs) and it's just like you just realize how quickly it could be gone and it was my mom that actually had come to to work that day they were separated he wasn't a big part of my life but he was still my biological father absolutely and I remember her giving me the message and I'm just like wow something's got to change because I can't go through life just for a paycheck. Yes. Um, I was getting a nice paycheck. I had six weeks of vacation. No time to take the vacation ever. Um, and pretty much how I was spending my money was just going to bars. Like, we went to Vegas. And, yes. like, that's how we played because I only had a short amount of time that I could do it. And I just realized that it wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling me. Yeah. And um, so, you know, they say every, everything that comes in your life, like, yeah, it's, it's a wake-up call, but it was also a blessing in disguise because his passing actually gave me my life back. Yes. Um, so I quit. Um, I did not know what I was going to do. I was going to go back to school. But I lived off my savings account for a year and a half. And, you know, I found, you know, little odd jobs in order to, like, kind of make sure it didn't all go away. And I just, I just played. Like, literally, like, I hung out with friends I hadn't seen. I had a plan. Every, diff- every night I had a different plan. Like, hey, who wants to go play laser tag this weekend? Or, yeah, who wants to go hang out at the bar? Like, you know, (laughs) but we just had fun and we connected. And I I realized, like, that's what was missing from the cultures. Yes. Also. And so, like, started doing some some deep work on myself and just really was like, yeah, I've got to do this. Like, I've got to jump in and take a chance on myself in order to improve so somebody else doesn't have to go through this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So then you founded Playology. Yeah. So, so how did that come about? You, yeah. You've had eighteen months of playing. Yeah. You've seen the impact that it's given your your friends and your colleagues. Yeah. So something sparked. Yeah. There. So I I started. I went through a coach training program because I, I decided that I wanted to, to do life coaching, and because like I wanted it was called defining your dash. Like I really wanted to help support people live that life that was in the middle you know oh, there's the I day that, that you're born and the day that you die and that line in the middle is yeah that's all you've got yeah. you know and it leaves your legacy and um I signed myself up for this coach training programs the Harvard of coach training programs and got a mentor coach and like through our weekly conversations like she started just like pulling out of me like what I loved and what I loved was being able to support people in creating that life they wanted but I also was struggling because I'm like I love leadership development and I love culture and like how do I, I'm like, I don't know how to pick. And she's like, why do you need to pick? And I'm like, oh my gosh, why do I need to pick, right? <laughs> I love it. And so she's like, let's, let's figure it out. Let's combine it. And then we combined it. And like with the play piece, I'm like, that's my niche. And she was like, okay, so instead of trying to bring 
play to different groups. No, instead of trying to go to different groups and be everything for them, why don't you just take the play to the different groups? Like, what would happen if that happened? I'm like, and it just went off. Like, holy crap. And from then, I just, it was just, I mean, it just it just went. Like, the idea came. I didn't have a name for the business, but I spent three days at her, one of her business universities, and um, literally three days working on my ideal business and, like, the dream. And from that day, just started to run. Wow. Yeah. 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 Listeners, are you hearing this? You know, it is possible to have a business and a life that you love. <laughs> but sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, entrepreneurship, is, it's fun, right? You know, like I've been home all week. Next week I fly out on Sunday to New York and then I come home on Tuesday. I drive to Palm Springs to do two speaking gigs and then I come home and I've got a recess on Friday night. But it is really the like I, I, I love it. Like yes. the the aspect of travel. But I'm home on the weekend, I get to see the people that I love and you know, I can start it all over again. Yeah. 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 So so tell us then, what what do you do um, with companies? You you talk about leadership, you talk about culture, you're the millennial go to guy yeah. and you have play. So how do you combine all of that? Like tell us um if, I, if I'm a business owner um, or I'm a leader or manager, what am I noticing in my work or my team that says, hey, I need to get someone in like Kai and, and then what can you do? You know, what do you do with them? Yeah, so, I mean, one of the first things that you're noticing is that something just feels a little off. Like you guys might be stuck, you might be stagnant. Um, people might be leaving and you don't know why um, because you feel like, hey, you know, we're offering great salaries, we're offering great benefits, but like we're still constantly having to hire people. Um, everything that I do with a company is on an individual basis. Like, yeah, I've got different services, but like I tailor the service to like whatever the company needs. So, you know, going in and having a conversation about like, well, what do you do for leadership development? And you quickly find out that people think that they're developing their leaders, but all it was is like, oh, we've got like a two-week introductory training that we put the person on and then we kind of just send them out. That's not going to work in order to develop your leader to their fullest potential, right? So we, we really get clear on what is happening and what isn't happening. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, how often are you doing team building? What was the last thing? Oh, what do you guys do? Oh, you just go to a bar and like you just pay for your team to get totally trashed. <laughs> yeah, it's a form of team building, but is it really giving you the result that you want? And from that point, like, I just collect all the information, like, you know, what's the turnover, trying to figure out how much it's costing them. And then I lay out a couple of options, like, hey, we can start here, we can start here, this is what I recommend, but it's really, you know, it's a, it's a co-created opportunity for, for both of us. Like, what are you, what's really, really important for you in order to change? Um, the play days are some of my favorite, because like, it's really me just taking summer camp into the company yes you know like there's and they'll tell me like hey we want like the one I'm, I'm going out to on um monday they want connection she wants her team to start thinking outside of the box and then the third thing she's like i really just want them to to play like just to have fun i'm like yes like every game that i i will bring in will create that but her main goal is just for her team to connect with each other to just be able to like not think about work yes and to drop in and like just be kids. And I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Okay, well, let's have a quick break. And then when we come back, let's look at some of the costs because uh, you mentioned a minute ago about the cost of, of turnover and hiring people. So we'll talk about that in a minute. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todd Feld says it's easier than you think. 
He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. And today we're talking with Chief Playologist, Executive Leadership Coach and Team Building Consultant, Kai Dickens. And Kai, it's, it's, it's marvellous being with you. Um, even though this is our radio interview, I actually have you in the studio today and uh, the energy that you bring with you is just amazing. So I can ima- imagine that you would have been fantastic when you were working in the camps uh, with, the, with the adults and with the kids. And it's really interesting to me that um, the experience that you've had now really lends into what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, it's, you've got this fabulous background so tell me, what about the costs? You know, because a lot of people will be thinking, "Oh, I'm not interested in having my team play as such." Gotcha. But but there's a very serious side to having play, isn't there? There really, really is. Um, <clears throat> so there's a statistic that 75 percent of people that leave a company they don't quit the job; they actually quit the boss or the company culture. Oh, say that again. 75 percent of people that quit in an organization they don't quit the job. They either quit the boss or the company culture. Listeners, they're quitting you. They, they, they are quitting you, 100%. Like, and it's, it's one of those things that's kind of like, whoa. Like, and just, just kind of think back. How many times have you left a position, not because you didn't love the job, yeah. but because you were unhappy with how things were going, your boss wouldn't listen to you. And I know if you look back in your history, there's at least at least one. Yeah. And that's, that's sometimes how your team feels too. Yeah. Well, I've, I can remember back in my younger days, I actually left a position for the fear of somebody who was coming in to manage us. I thought, no way, I'm not working with that person. I'm gone. Exactly. And like, right, they didn't even, they didn't create a good opportunity. I hear from that company, they didn't create a good opportunity for the new leader to create buy-in and the team to actually be bought into them coming through. It was just like, hey, this is happening. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah, I'll deal with it. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> you have fun. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, in so turnover, it's it's a huge, huge, huge problem, and it's one that we don't talk about enough. Like, it's just like, oh, well, this person quit. Well, it's time for me to go and replace them. But as an owner, do you know how much that person is costing you? You know, somebody that's making forty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's not going to cost that much. It could cost you anywhere from $7,000 to $25,000, depending on who from the top has to actually train them, how long the job is open, how long it takes for that person to like actually ramp up to the right speed. Um, there's indirect costs too. Like When somebody leaves, that impacts your company culture, right? Yes. Because now you and I might be talking about like, well, why did she leave? Or she probably already talked to us about why she was leaving. And so like we already have created our own image of like what's really going on. You know, and as we get higher up in the in the scale, like a hundred thousand dollar employee, think about how much if it's gonna cost you seven to twenty five for a forty thousand, how much do you think it costs to replace a hundred thousand dollar employee who has tremendous experience and now you've got to find another CEO or, yeah. you know, senior director. It's, it's huge. It's a, it's a big impact on companies. Yeah. So that's why it's really important then to choose the right people, but to keep them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's hiring for your company culture, but it's also understanding that every time you create a new hire, your company culture changes also, right? Because a new person coming in, they're going to have a different dynamic. Yes. And so you need to make sure that that person's fitting in, they're bought into what you're creating, and you guys actually co-create together. You know, it's kind of it's it's a living breathing thing, but if you don't pay attention to it, you know it's 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 gonna fail. 
Yeah, yes, and um, a lot of people uh, get hired on their skill and fired on their attitude. Absolutely. And, and what you were saying then is about hiring for culture. So it's not just the experience that they've got, but are they actually going to fit in? And you were you, uh, in your role in the uh, camps, you employed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, over the course of those eight, nine years, I interviewed <laughs> over 10,000 people. Oh. I mean, every summer we were hiring about 200 people, um, sometimes 220, and all between the ages of like 18 and 26. Like, and they had, they were responsible for somebody else's pride and joy. Like, as being responsible for a five-year-old kid, it is a huge responsibility, even though everything else is fun, right? Yes, yes. And that starts with them, but it also led all the way back up to us. And so we were just really, really just adamant about creating a company culture where they understood the importance of both their responsibility and their play. Yes, yes. And also, you were telling me uh, when we were talking earlier about the retention rate. When you took over, you had a very low retention yeah. rate for the, um, what do you call them, the camp supervisors? Yes, yes yeah. The, so it was the returning staff. So every year, there are a number of people that, that do get to come back because, of course, when you hire them and you train them, like, you want them to move up the ranks, yes. right? And so they're, like, reaching out, like, oh, you know, I want to run adventure camp this year. And, you know, when I first took over, there was about 26, 20, 25 to 26% of people that actually came back the first year that I, that I was there. And then when I left, it was 86%. Wow. So from 20-something percent to yeah. 86%. Yeah. And that's all because of what myself and my team were just super, super, we felt it was super important you know, to, to make sure that they understood they were family and that we cared about them and that we cared about their growth and that we were going to get into the trenches with them as long as they make sure that they're doing everything the, the way that we've asked. And it was just the, um, the connection, the relationships that we created that caused that, caused that piece. And, and so these were 18 to 26-year-olds, which is our millennials. Mm -hmm. um, and so you've had quite a lot of experience. Quite a lot there. of experience, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, and so you just, you just touched on a few, you sort of glazed over a few tips there about how do, how do we engage millennials, you know, because the people my age really have no clue. You know, they, they have the young people and it's almost like we're, we're talking a different language. Yeah, it is. And one of the things, I'll just be very blunt, it's the generation view of how it should be is what's stopping you from being able to connect with them. And it's really being like, hey, I can't be set in my way anymore. My way or the highway mm -hmm. doesn't work in this age because if you're going to give somebody the option between my way or the highway, a millennial is going to be like, cool, I'm taking the highway. Yes. Because there are so many other opportunities out there and either them diving into entrepreneurship or, you know, figuring out like a whole bunch of different things that they can do. I mean, look, they can Uber, they can Airbnb, like they can find other ways to make money until they find a job that they're excited to go to every day. So creating company culture and developing leaders and the leadership of your millennials, it's more important than ever mm. at this point. Mm. So tell us then a little bit about how we, we do engage them because saying our way or the highway, they're taking the highway. So if we want to make the effort and we want to retain them, how do we engage them? What are some tips? One of the biggest things is just start having like a relationship leadership style where like you're actually okay with like the mentoring process. Like there, there is that praise piece that needs to come in. Like people want to know that they're doing a, a good job. Yeah. Um, and actually, when you're creating a relationship, like create a friendship. It doesn't have to be all work or nothing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's okay to actually blur that line at this point. Yeah, there's a professional piece of blurring the line. Like you don't need to go out and get hammered together and, you know, just to create that relationship. But like, why not go out to dinner? Why not go out and like actually find out about that person's family? Because when you can create a relationship with someone where they know that you legitimately care about them mm -hmm. the amount they're going to work for you is going to be harder and better than if you had tried to like demand that from them because like you've they want to make sure that you keep that relationship going so they're going to show up in a way that's going to make sure that like hey I, I turned in that paper like it was good like let me know if you have any 
you know? Yeah. Let me know if you have any issues or if there's anything that I need to correct because they want to make sure that they're doing their part because you've stepped up to be a mentor for them. Okay, so um, what you're saying then is that they actually do want mentoring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and for those that, that you might find that might be some of the percentage that don't, like it's, it's all about finding what, what works for that person. Yeah. Just like, you know, like on the basketball court, like you can talk about, you can look at Michael Jordan, you can look at Kobe Bryant, and you could look at like Steve Nash. How somebody talked to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant is probably not the same way that, or Dennis Rodman, right? You're not going to talk to Dennis Rodman the same way that you talk to Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant, right? Because Dennis Rodman's going to be like, I don't care, like blah, 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 blah. But those other two were so hungry to win that they would do anything and take any of the coaching. So it's just really about finding what makes your, your player, in this case, your, your employee, mm-hmm. tick and feeding them that way and understanding that everybody's on a different place professionally and just growing them, trying to get to that next place. Um, something great is like to really put somebody on a, because millennials are hungry to move up, right? Right, yes. On an 18-month... General manager tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly, right? And you actually want somebody that's hungry for that, right? But just having them understand like, cool, it's not going to be tomorrow, but let's put you on an 18-month plan that we will actually look at at the end of the 18 months and see like, hey, this is what you need to do in these 18 months in order to even be considered. Cool, when those 18 months come up, you really, I mean, obviously you're checking in, but the next 18 months, all right, cool, this is the road to X, Y, and Z, and giving them a walking guideline and a roadmap of how they can move from where they are to where they want to be. It helps so much. Okay, so just to summarize those tips then, it's about being authentically, genuinely interested in and and having the conversations about what's going on for them and then finding out where they want to go and then if you can, giving them the opportunity and the mentoring and a plan to to get there and and of course the praise and the recognition because what you're saying is that, that they do want to do a good job but they won't do it unless they're engaged. And sharing what's going on with you. So like the relationship's not just, it's not just one-sided. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to have a short break. And then when we come back, let's look now a little bit more at culture and leadership. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Jess Tonfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. Well, listeners, did you think about what you can do if you've got millennial people working for you. Are you interested in them? Are are you genuinely, authentically interested in them? And if not, well, you better get so real quick. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, they're gone. And uh, and many of the millennials have lots of skills, lots of experience, and certainly lots of enthusiasm. So we're talking today with Kai Dickens, and Kai is the go-to guy for millennials. He's also an executive leadership coach and team building consultant. So Kai, let's talk about leadership and culture and why is culture particularly important? Culture makes or breaks your brand. It makes or breaks your business. Um, Somebody that's not happy to come to work is not going to show up as the highest version of themselves. So if they're out being a salesperson for you, um, 
you know, just, just think if they're not the highest version of themselves, are they going to be selling your product uh, with as much as they could be giving you? You know, so when they're happy, like everything, when you're happy and you love where you work and you love what you do, like everything just kind of goes in tune. Now, I have a quote. It's company culture and leadership development is to your team what customer service is to your sales. If either are neglected, you lose. Yes. You know, when you really sit and think about that, it's like, wow, we put so much into training our customer service team and so much into training our sales team to be great to make money, but we don't really sit and put as much as we should into the company culture and the leadership development. And if that falls apart, you find yourself in this vicious cycle of like, oh, I'm training somebody else, kind of that turnover thing that we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I know in uh, one place that my husband used to work and uh, the company culture was, (laughs) and this is an Aussie thing, tell the bastards to work harder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) No. No. In fact, it has the opposite effect. It really does. Yeah. They work harder at finding a job somewhere else. Yeah. So how do I create culture then? There's some, you know, fun ways, like, and everybody can do it a little bit different, but like the first way to create culture is to really get a pulse on what your culture is, because without knowing, you can't, you can't improve anything, you know, and that's asking. It's like actually having those conversations with your team, like, hey, do, what do you love about working here? Like, what are we great at? And then asking the hard questions, like, what, what is missing from our company culture? And a lot of people think that, especially with the millennials, like you hear about the startups who are giving them like ping pong tables and, you know, snacks here and like beer stuff here. Yeah, that's important. Like it's awesome, but it's not the end all be all. You can't just put a pool table or a ping pong table over in the, the corner and be like, oh, you can go play when your leadership sucks. Yes. And they hate their boss. You know, I had a conversation with a friend actually yesterday that I hadn't seen for a while. And she was telling me that she had an amazing job that was paying her about $75,000, $76,000 a year. And she could not stand her boss. And she left. She was like, this is the first time I've ever left the job without giving a two weeks notice. But like, she finally said something to me one day and demanded that I want to do something. And she was like, I snapped. And like, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I realized that there's no amount of money that's worth the emotional abuse that I was taking. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we have to remind people that slavery went out years ago. Years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Long time you know, ago. We, did, we, we can't be telling people what to do. And, and I remember when I worked in the bar one time and I had, I had a couple of different jobs and I had um, – Sand shoes, um, sneakers. Okay. Yeah, uh, loafers, something gotcha. like that. Anyway, they were flat shoes and because I was running and we had footballers and they were drinking um, what we call schooners of beer, so 13-ounce glass of beer, and you would be running from one end of the bar to the other to fill these footballers up. And my boss at the time came over and he looked at me and he just pointed at the shoes and he said, court shoes, which is with a little heel, okay, dress shoes. And I said, yeah, I know, but, you know, I've got really sore feet and I've been working hard and da-da-da. And he just looked and pointed again and he said, court shoes. Uh, and I just, you know, gestured and he said, go and get your court shoes. I said, I don't have them. They're at home. He said, go and get your court shoes. And I looked at him and I was so defiant and I said, if I go and get my court shoes, I am not coming back. And he said, go and get your court shoes. And with that, I took my apron off, I threw it, I went and got my bag and that was the end of that. Now, I was a bit hot-headed. I (laughs) did it, right? Yeah, but it was just, it was that thing, you know, there was no understanding, there was no compassion. Right. Yeah. And had he come at you a completely different way? Just even like the delivery and the approach. Yeah. And like, hey, you know, what's going on? Like, why, why, are, why are you in those shoes today? Y- yeah. I had a conversation with you. There's probably a good chance he could have been like, hey, look, I get that you're, you're sore, blah, 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 blah. But I really, really need you because of X, Y, and Z. Can you please run home, grab your shoes, and then just come back in? Yeah. You probably would have been like, ah, all right. Exactly. You know? Yeah. But I didn't like him. <laughs> and, and that's part of the leadership, right? Like yeah. he, he probably needed some leadership coaching. <laughs> a a lot. Way, right. Yeah. And there's also like, there's self-leadership for all of us. Right. You know, so there's a little bit of ownership and then yes. there's, yeah, it's, it's a huge piece. But that, and that's a prime example of stuff that goes on behind the doors 
in all companies. Maybe not all, but in a lot. Yeah. So, so when you're working with your clients and you're helping them to develop their leadership, what sort of things are you focusing on? What sort of things do you do? So everything is very individual, right? So we're actually going to sit down and talk to you. So say you, you're the CEO and yeah. you want you know, two or three of your managers to actually get some of this coaching. We're going to sit down and figure out what you think they need to be coached on. But I'm also going to ask them, hey, what do you think your blind spots are? And through some of the questioning, we're going to find a couple of different pieces and then we're going to set a plan for individual A based off of what you want and what we feel that they need and like what we kind of see over time. Yeah. So everyone's going to have a different thing because, you know, your strength might be, um, your strength might be connecting with people, mm-hmm. but you're not so good at the accountability and the follow-up piece of like just making sure that everybody's turning in their projects. So we're really going to spend some time making sure that you are okay asking for that because there's probably something going on for you with like the conflict resolution and like avoiding like conflict of any time. Right. And so that's a deeper piece that we're going to get to coach. But when you can step into that, you're going to show up as a better leader. Somebody else might be great at some of that other stuff, but they're horrible at connecting with people. And so there's something that's going on for them there. So we're going to figure that piece out and, you know, work to, to replace that as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then for, for our listeners, you know, who are still on the fence with leadership and understanding the importance of it, what then do you find is the uh, bottom line result for the company? Put it this way. <clears throat> I, I kind of shared that, that, that piece with you last time about, um, so one of the companies, they actually have $198,000 worth of turnover costs in <laughs> the first incredible. quarter of the year. Right. Like he's lost about eight employees and we're, we're talking about some stuff and we're trying to figure out exactly what's going on in the culture. One person saved saves him twenty five thousand dollars. So is saving even just twenty five thousand dollars worth it for your team to be happy if that's your cost. Right. Like if you can just save twenty five thousand dollars on one employee would that make it worth it for somebody to come in and actually like pump some life, some energy and some fun into your team so that they're excited to come through and start working harder to make you more money. So, so um, because they're, they're having fun and they're getting better results, yeah. then we've got more productivity. We've got a better bottom line. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I found that what happens with play is play allows people to like step out of who they know they are and who they think they have to be, and actually be the person that they want to be. Mm -hmm. So you get to connect with somebody on a completely different level because there's no shield, there's no no wall that's up because you forget how to have that wall up when you're like running around laughing and having fun. If you look at how kids play, they don't make judgments about people until they get a little bit older. Like they're just like, hey, you like soccer? I like soccer. Like let's go play soccer. And they're going to run out and kick the ball together. Like, hey, you like tag? I like tag. Like... I'm going to get you. You better run as fast as you can. And like, that's what the play piece starts doing for a company culture, right? We start breaking down those walls so people can authentically create relationships. And that's how it moves into the company. Mm -hmm. You know, like they go back from an event like that and like they've got the laughs and the memories from the day before, you know, and they're just like, oh, hey, Skittles, how you doing? Because everybody gets a nickname when we, when we come in and create, create a play event. How are you, Skittles? How was your weekend? Oh, okay. You know, and like, it's really funny. Like I did an event about six months ago and um, they, one of the people came back to one of the events that we were doing and like, they walked in and like the consulting company that I'm like, you know, contracted to do some work with, they're like, what's up, Sprite? How you doing? <laughs> it was just, you know, it's just awesome. So. And that was your nickname? Uh, that was her nickname. Oh, that was her I, I go, I go as the playologist pretty much. <laughs> That's my, it's my play name. Like the playologist, it's all about me being in the lab, getting to getting having the opportunity to create these like fun play schemes. That there's someone's like, "Hey, I need an energy breaker." All right, cool. I got something for you. Like I can pull something out of my back pocket, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of my clients uh, talk refer to me as having my Mary Poppins bag. Ah, bag that has everything in it, right? Yeah, yeah. I could just at any given time seem to be able to reach in and and, just pull out what's perfect for. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so you you sit in your laboratory and you you create all of these games and experiences. You know, I've been brought in to do some speaking, like for from some speaking events, workshops, like just to kind of break up the monotony of 
sitting there all day. Yes. Like I put in like literally like a mint energizer. I come through a little yeah. energizer bunny and I'm like, let's get up. We're going to have a soul train line right now. Or we're going to have this like after lunch, you know, everybody after lunch. Yeah. Why like, is that? Blah, you know, the food and you know, you come through and you're just like, I don't really want to be here. Well, they put me on after lunch. I'm like, cool, we're going to play. And the endorphins go up. Yeah. And then when they sit back down, they're full of energy again. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So I think we'll have a, a quick break there. And then when we come back, let's talk about you have a resource for people and yeah. you've actually got a list of uh, games that people can play and activities. So we'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. So we've been talking today about leadership, culture, play and millennials and closing the gap with communication and culture there. And we've been talking with playologist, uh, founder of Playology, Kai Dickens. Kai, I know that you've got a resource and I'd love you to share that. Give us a couple of tips, if you can, for how we can introduce play into the workplace. Cool. Um, yeah, let me start with the, the tips real quick. So I've got three quick tips for you. The first one is just stop adulting, like really. Like you don't have to be so serious about everything all the time. Like seriousness doesn't really get you what you want. There's a time and a place for it. You know, so, you know, you can kind of think about it as like loosening up your tie, <laughs> undoing the bow tie and undoing that, that top button. Um, the second one is use plagiarizers in your meetings. Like, you know, plagiarizer is just like a quick play activity that will change up your, your staff meeting. Um, it can be anything from like lightsabers, um, turning off the light and like actually allowing them to have a lightsaber battle bringing in like one of those little like electronic games where that you have to pass hot potato type like, or um, my favorite is a Nerf gun war, like where you just buy Nerf guns and just let your team shoot each other up for, you know, 10 minutes or so. But it'll breathe life into your actual meeting. Um, it won't be the same dull meeting that it starts off as. And people will be laughing as you sit down to start talking about stuff and already ready to engage. Yeah. Um, and, and I see that too as um, also changing the brain chemistry and the endorphins. Yeah. So, so straight away you've raised the vibration. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you see that, you know, in the meeting people are, are down and the energy's low, be like... Everyone go get your Nerf guns. Maybe back here in five minutes, it's going down. Like, just throw some of those surprise elements in. You know, and competition. Competition is fun. Like, you can create, like, a Jeopardy competition. Like, you can actually teach people through some of these competitions also. Like, bring your top five products and a couple of different facts about them. And, hey, for 100 points, which team can answer this? Family Feud. Like, you can create some, some fun stuff. And I did put some of those in um, the, the little PDF that I created. Um, it's ultimately, it's a year blueprint, pretty much. There's 12 different activities that you can put in. Like, you can put one in a month. They're all just different. Um, it's called Not Your Grandmother's Team Building. Um, it's the running joke is that my team building is a lot different than other team building that people have experienced. You know, we're not going to have you, like, walking on a log, but we're really going to have you actually playing for reals. 
Um, so I would love it if, yeah, if you check that out, it's, um, you can find it at GoPlay Art. Yeah, it's GoPlayology, G-O-P-L-A-Y-O-L-O-G-Y.com. Um, there should be a, a little thing that pops up. Just put your email in there and we'll send you over the PDF and you can download it. If you have questions about it, let us know. Try to create it in a way that's got very easy directions. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you the size of the group. It gives you how much time it takes. All those like little little fun things. And, and yeah. I love that. I've, I've looked over that and I uh, must say it actually made me feel good reading it. You know, I, I, could, I could feel the fun and feel the laughter and imagine that. But also I can see that it brings in the experience that you had with being extremely organized <laughs> and structured in those summer camps. When you've got a group of kids and you've got to get them assembled, yep. um, the instructions there are magic. <laughs> There's not, It's a no-brainer. There's, there's nothing to figure out. You do this, you play it this way. <laughs> you Here's find the these resources. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was fun to create. But, yeah, I definitely pulled on a lot of that experience. You know, in camp is if you are just prepared, you're underprepared because you never know what's going to happen. So you need to be overprepared. Yes. And then if you don't use it, you don't use it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. And so we're, we're talking, like today, we've talked about leadership, we've talked about culture, we've talked about play, and we've talked about the millennials. So wrapping that all up, how do we put all of that together and then what would you suggest as an action item for our listeners today? I got you. I think that one of the, the key things that I would probably just bring in is that when it comes to leadership, you have to understand there's a big difference between being a manager and being a leader. You know, a leader is somebody mm-hmm. that inspires everybody to actually rally around one idea and actually motivates and influences people to think that sometimes the idea that they need to get done was their idea. You don't manage people. You manage schedules, you manage time, you manage money. People aren't in that category. And if you can actually step into leadership as opposed to being a manager, there's going to be a huge shift that's able to happen within your company. Um, One of the things that I think that would be really great for any company to do is to create somebody that's a culture champion. Um, Whether, you know, maybe you create a department, you know, two or three people, but people that are actually really excited about creating something different in your culture and like actually having that fun. Like any company is going to have somebody that's willing to step up and be like, I'll do it and let them plan something out once a month so that the team actually gets to hang out together, not work and actually create memories and create those bonds because it'll go such a long way. Um, but that's like, yeah, that would probably be my, okay. my the biggest tip right there. Great. All right. So that's creating a culture champion. Culture champion. Yeah. And so, and I was just thinking as you were saying that we have our work health and safety committee, we have our quality committee. Why not have a culture committee? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they get to keep a pulse on like, what is working, what's not working, you know, like, and most of the time the person that's in charge of the culture champion is probably going to be your person that's super outgoing and extremely well-liked and respected, like, throughout the company. So people are, like, actually are, they're already influencing others. Yes. So them being able to bring the team together is going to be an amazing thing for you. And it gives them, like, another, another piece of responsibility that they're excited about. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And and it was interesting when you were saying about bringing fun and play back into the workforce. And that's something that I have noticed as an Aussie coming to America is uh, it's almost a a seriousness. But I think it's the, the being politically correct, you know, so I'm demonstrating respect for you which means I can't joke with you, I can't mimic you, I can't have any fun in that respect because then I could be misconstrued as not respecting you or not being politically correct. And so what you're doing is giving people a safe way to actually come back and connect now without having to to worry about that. Yeah, Yeah. just like, yeah, because when you show up as yourself and I show up as myself, like magic happens. But like when we've both got a wall in front of us, it's just like, Hi. Hey, how you you doing? (laughs) Hope you had a good weekend. I'm going to go to my desk. Like, I'll tell you, like, when I was, you know, working in an actual job, I got to work and I'd go put myself on my desk and I'd literally walk around and say hello to everybody. Like, just because that was, that was me. But you know what happened? I created some amazing relationships and I didn't do it because I needed something. But when I needed something, because I'd created relationships with people, 
they're willing to help me out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very similar. When, when I started my first job, uh, first full-time job, I was about 17, and I didn't understand that people could come in and not even say good morning. It's like, what? Right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and my husband and I have a, a joke now because I, I will wave to people and, and often they, they won't wave back and, and particularly where we are at the moment in the garage, you know, you'll see, see people driving in their car and I wave and, and Ross says, oh, they won't wave back. I said, I'm not giving up. <laughs> they will, and and in the past they do. You know, they eventually they, <laughs> they go. Oh my God, she's still waving. And so finally, <laughs> like, they wave. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's funny is like uh, some of my friends. Like my nickname is kindness, and they're like instead of kill, instead of instead of killing someone with kindness, we kill them with kindness, and that's just like the smile. Like just like you said, the wave. Like yeah. I'm just gonna be me. You're gonna be you, yeah. and like I'm gonna bring you into my world. Like you're eventually gonna like smile and wave back at me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for today, listeners. So uh, thinking about what Kai has asked you to do is to go and create that culture champion within your in, in, uh, work environment. Go back and look at your numbers. Look how much it's actually costing you if you've got people turnover. And hate to say it, that they're probably leaving you, not the company. Yeah. So maybe there's some areas for you to look at. So Kai, where can they find more information if they want to know more? So you can go to the website, it's uh, goplayology.com, or you can shoot me an email at kai at goplayology.com. If you are having problems figuring out the numbers, I've got a resource, I'm more than happy to plug in some numbers for you so you can figure out what your turnover costs actually are. Okay, and just so you know, Kai is spelled K-A-I, but you better say it, that might be my yeah. Aussie accent. Yeah, it is, it's K-A-I, <laughs> K-A-I at go. Playology.com. All right. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks Thank for you. having me. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.